Yeah, they got a million toys at Toys R Us that I can play with. Says the famous Toys R Us jingle, rest in peace. It can be fun being a kid, right? Kids have quite the imagination. I remember when I was about four or five years old, there's a picture of me around that age. Don't comment on the ears. I know I got Dumbo ears, but sometimes it takes time for us to grow into our bodies and for things to become proportional. <laughs> Y'all can take that picture down now. But um, I remember, hey, messing with you back there. But I remember when I was about four or five years old, one day this babysitter was at my house watching me and my two brothers. She watched us the entire day. And at the end of the day, the babysitter was looking for me, but she couldn't find me. So she got really worried. She started searching everywhere in the house. She searched inside, under the beds, I'm sure, behind the doors. She probably searched outside too, but I was nowhere to be found. Then she started walking down our hallway in our house, where at the end of the hallway was this random closet. She passed by the closet. And she's like, oh, I doubt John's in there, but I'll just check anyway. So she opens the door to this random closet. It's pitch black inside. And there on the floor of the closet is little me sitting down, just smiling and happy and hiding from the world because I thought it would be fun to do so. <laughs> she must have been startled too when she found me in there. I mean, it's like a scene from the movie, The Shining. Can you imagine walking down a dark hall, opening a closet, it's pitch black inside, and then there on the floor is little kid. He's like, hi. <laughs> I would have been startled. I'd have been like, ah. Another unique thing that I did as a child, every once in a blue moon or so, I would sneak off into our kitchen where our refrigerator was, of course. And I'd go to our refrigerator, I'd open the door, I'd pull open one of the plastic bins where my mom used to keep sliced sandwich meat. You know, the kind that's in those, it comes in those plastic little Ziploc bags. Yeah, like turkey or ham. And, and I'd grab a slice of that turkey meat or ham, sometimes maybe two slices, push the bin back, close the door, and then walk off. Sometimes I'm sure I forgot to close the door, but no perfect people allowed. And then I'd walk into our dining room where our dining room table was. And then quietly, I would sneak underneath our dining room table. And then once I got settled under our dining room table, I would pull out that glorious piece of turkey meat clutch it in my tiny fist, and then I'd say out loud with conviction, ah, what's up, doc? <laughs> Kids can do the strangest and funniest things, right? But you know, every time I went underneath that dining room table, pretending like I was the imaginary cartoon character Bugs Bunny, I was so happy. It was like my little secret place in the world, my little corner of the world, this magical, warm, safe, and intimate space where I was free to indulge in my childlike imagination. I was in complete bliss. Every time I went under there, you could say I was in complete peace. We've been going through a series called Take As Much As You Need, where we've been learning about all the spiritual blessings that God has given us as those who have said yes to Jesus and as his children. Week one, we talked about hope. The next week, we talked about community. Last week, we talked about joy. And this week, we're talking about peace. I think it's safe to say that for all of us, 
at one moment in our adolescent years, we had some kind of experience or some kind of taste of peace, whether it was when we were first born and we were babies or we were being held in the arms of our mothers or when you were engaging in your own kind of unique and special activity that gave you joy, like me crawling under that dining room table. But why is it that as adults in this world today, peace can be such an elusive thing, you know? Anybody here want some peace in their life, right? And what is peace anyway? I mean, are we talking about peace between countries? Are we talking about this colloquial farewell expression? Peace, peace out. Are we talking about a world peace? Are we talking about like a Michael Jackson type peace? We are the world. We are the children. We are the ones to make a brighter place, so let's start giving. <laughs> I mean, what kind of peace are we talking about? Is this inner peace? Is it spiritual peace? Throughout the generations, peace has even had different meanings and interpretations. For example, 100 or so years ago, countries would go to war with each other. Blood would be shed. But then after a winner was declared, these countries would return to their homelands to, recon- to restore and reconstruct that which had been destroyed. They sought peace. Here in the U.S., peace was elusive in the dark shadow, the Jim Crow laws, the Great Migration, the Great Depression. 50 or so years ago, peace was sought after as this humanitarian effort around the world, right? There were marches and youth movements, and there couldn't be peace domestically. There couldn't be peace here in our homeland until all, every human being had access to full human rights around the world 25 or so years ago. Terrorism was now at our doorstep. We were also dealing with issues like drug abuse, violence, the poverty gap increasing. And today, the fight that may have been fought overseas in some other cities, slum or family has now been taken to every family in every neighborhood. Our money, mental health, religion, ethnicity does not exclude us from this elusive search for peace. And yet... The call of Jesus remains the same as it did 2,000 years ago. Jesus beckons us in every situation throughout our human existence to come to him and to find rest and peace. In Matthew 11, Jesus talked about how God reveals himself to those who have a childlike heart. He says this, O Father, Lord of heaven, thank you for hiding these things from those who think themselves wise and clever and for revealing them to the childlike. Yes, Father, it pleased you to do it this way. My Father has entrusted everything to me. No one truly knows the Son except the Father, and no one truly knows the Father except the Son, and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Then Jesus said, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I'm humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. A compelling call from Jesus pulls a resounding yes to those of us who have the ability 
to have a childlike heart. So when Jesus says this revelation is given to children, it makes total sense. But going back to my original question, why then today, as adults, is peace such an elusive goal for us? You know, that, that Toys R Us jingle, that it's just a fun little silly marketing slogan or campaign, but it actually has some merit to it, especially the first line. I don't want to grow up. I think sometimes we can be too grown up or mature to fully embrace and see the reality of Jesus and what Jesus has to offer his followers. You know, there's actually been science done that shows how as we age, as we grow, our maturity levels begin to filter out things that we could only recognize as babies and as infants. This is called perceptual narrowing. These studies have proven that after just a few months, babies lose the ability to notice details that only they can see. Therefore, it's actually in our human nature that when we're babies, we're infants, and before we grow up and mature, we can actually see an image of Jesus that is more accurate and true than when we grow and develop and develop a greater cognitive understanding, an intellectual understanding of who Jesus is. This also helps us to accept verse 27. My father has entrusted everything to me. No one truly knows the father except the son. And no one truly knows the father, or no one knows the son except the father. And no one truly knows the father except the son and those to whom the son chooses to reveal him. When we see Jesus as he truly is, then we can more easily receive what Jesus has to offer. And what does Jesus have to offer us? Then Jesus said, come to me. All of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart and you will find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy to bear. And the burden that I give you is light. Jesus offers his followers rest and peace. But what kind of peace are we talking about? This peace that Jesus offers. I mean, is it like the other types of peace in the world that we hear about? If you look up the word peace in the dictionary or on the web, you might see definitions like this. Peace, freedom from disturbance or tranquility. Or a state or period in which there is no war or a war has ended. And if you go to urbandictionary.com, you'll find this. Peace, an acknowledgement of parting Ending a phone call or email similar to goodbye. This is my favorite part. Often used without. <laughs> I need to go to urbandictionary.com more often just for kicks. But is this the kind of peace that Jesus offers? Not exactly. Not that Jesus doesn't care about the state of the world affairs. He does. And not that Jesus wasn't down with the latest colloquial expressions. I'm sure he was because Jesus was cool. But this isn't the peace that Jesus is talking about. The peace that Jesus offers is a unique one. Why? Because it's a spiritual peace. 
It's a peace for the individual. It's a peace for you. In John chapter 14, before Jesus was crucified, Jesus tells his disciples about the Holy Spirit. They know that they're about to face troubles in their life. But Jesus comforts his disciples by telling them this. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I don't give to you as the world gives. Don't let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. So what do we learn about this peace that Jesus offers? What do we learn about spiritual peace? Well, one, we learn that Jesus and the world have two different perspectives. This is not to say that everything outside of the church is evil and wrong. That's not true. But we can't assume that what we do in our own strength and wisdom always lines up with the intentions of God. When Jesus says he offers us a peace that's unlike any other, I believe this is a peace that we can't muster up on our own strength, that we can't find anywhere in the world, but that we can only find in the person of Jesus. So when Jesus says, I leave you with peace, what is he saying? Well, he's saying that he is leaving us with a legacy of peace. Jesus gave us an example of perfect sacrificial love. He laid down his life for his friends, for his family, and for his neighbors. He's about to die and leave this world, and now he's telling his disciples, I'm leaving you with an example to emulate. Follow my love. Love people the way that I loved them. But when Jesus says, my peace I give you, this is a personal gift of inner peace. It's a peace for the individual that goes deep within the crevices and resources of the heart and the soul. It's a peace based on the fact that Jesus was who he said he was and that what he said would happen actually came to pass. These disciples, they lived with Jesus. They ate and drank with him. They saw him live life. They saw him socialize and play with children and go to weddings and go to parties. And then they saw him die. But not only that, they saw the resurrected Jesus. Therefore, they saw Jesus's life go full circle. And now they knew, aha, Man, Jesus, you were God. You were the Messiah. You are king. You are Lord. You are ruler. You are creator of this entire world. I worship you. And now Jesus was giving them this peace that came from the assurance that, again, Jesus was who he said he was, the son of God and that he came to be the perfect sacrifice for all of the world, for all of eternity. Let me ask you a question. Do you know that Jesus offers this kind of peace? Do you bring the gospel of peace wherever you go? This doesn't mean life's gonna be free of challenges though. No, 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 don't get me wrong. I wanna be loud and clear. I'm not saying life is gonna be easy just because Jesus offers us the gift of peace. Life is hard, man. And 
Unfortunately, we're gonna experience many challenges in this life. Why? Because we live in this world and this world is broken. Jesus said, do not let your hearts be troubled. Why did he say that? Because Jesus knew that our lives were gonna be filled with troubles. He knew that trouble would attack our hearts. The word heart here can be translated to thoughts or our inner feelings or the center of our being, the core of our being. And again, our hearts will face attacks here on earth. Yet Jesus encouraged his disciples and encourages us that we don't have to be overtaken by our troubles. We don't have to be consumed by them. We don't have to be distraught by them. Instead, we can rise up from our troubles, become stronger by them while holding on to the peace that Jesus says he promises us because of how good he is. Concepcion Arinal was the first woman to attend university in Spain. She once said this quote translated in English, the man who stands up is greater than the one who hasn't fallen. I love that quote. She's saying our troubles can make us stronger. They give us resilience. Take Hee-Sun Lee, for example. She was born on June 4th, 1983 in Seoul, South Korea, but just at four months old, she was abandoned by her birth parents. She was then adopted by a Chinese immigrant American couple and brought over to live here in the U.S. where she resided in Staten Island, New York. Today, Hee-Sun Lee is a Christian hip-hop artist. And she has overcome so many troubles in her life. I mean, everything from being stereotyped to, from an adoptee or as an adoptee to being not only a female rapper or a rapper who raps about God, but on top of that, a minority rapper. But she's overcome all of these challenges while holding on to the peace that Jesus promises us. In a song called, I'm With You, he suddenly talks about overcoming these trials and holding on to God's peace. I won't be able to do it as skillfully as she does, but in her song, she says this. Everyone's got a story to tell. Sometimes you see heaven, sometimes you see hell. This life ain't easy, believe me. Hard times come, at times they need me. Sometimes they leave me. But I made my way through this battle. Saddle up, never throw in the towel. It's okay to be anxious. It's okay that we're not perfect. It's okay that I'm broken. Coping through this life, I know that it's worth it. My Savior's hand has lifted me, uplifted me. He lives in me, his promises, he gives to me. Should I keep going? Panic attacks are real, but seal my heart, they never will. Know God's will, I'm standing still. Feel his presence, know it fails. Every part of me, he's a conqueror. He told me, don't quit, there's no blocking you. When trials come, I'll rock for you. I've finally found this peace. I'm making it, I'm chasing it. It's here with me, I'm embracing it. Anytime it leaves, I'm taking it. Proclaim my story to the nation's patience. All I'm facing, life's amazing. Keep on racing, don't give up, God is waiting. You see, life is going to throw troubles at us. But like he son Lee did, we can overcome these trials. We can let them make us stronger. And we can hold on again to the peace that the God of this world promises us. And I've personally experienced this in my life. You know, as that five-year-old boy crawling underneath that dining room table, I might have experienced some form of peace. But sadly, 
it wouldn't take long for some of that peace to be taken from me to a degree. Like whenever I was growing up in my neighborhoods in southern Louisiana and the kids around me didn't want to play with me because I was an Asian kid. Or when I was bullied in school. Or the first time as a child I believed the lie that there was something wrong with me. Don't get me wrong, I'm not saying this today to make you feel bad for me or to paint a, pat, a sad picture of my life. My life has been the exact opposite of that. God has blessed me immensely. But at one point in my life, all of these scars and wounds and nicks that I had accumulated throughout my journey of life started bubbling up to the surface. And I started going through a really difficult season in my life, one in which I experienced depression and anxiety. And it was really hard, man. I'm not gonna lie. So hard that there were some days where I was just like, man, I don't know if I can do this. But I spent time in God's word during this difficult season of my life. And then something really interesting happened. As I was flipping through the pages of the Bible, the word peace started to jump out at me. Have you ever looked through the Bible and just noticed how many times the word peace is mentioned? It's mentioned everywhere. I was looking through the Bible, peace, peace, peace. Like when Jesus died and was raised from the dead, one of the first things he said to his disciples was what? Peace be with you. In the Apostle Paul's letters, which make up much, most of our New Testament, he mentions peace all the time. Many of you know the popular passage in Philippians, do not be anxious about anything, right? And the, the peace of God, it eventually says, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Even in the opening remarks, the salutations, and then the farewell remarks, the closing remarks of Paul's letters, he would mention peace all the time, saying things like this, grace and peace to you from the Lord Jesus Christ. Or now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace. I started noticing phrases everywhere in the Bible, like God of peace, peace of God. And it's like God was telling me, you see, John, I'm a God of peace. And I intended for you to experience peace in this life. This is a game changer for me. I mean, it literally changed my life. I've shared my spiritual journey or the inception of my spiritual journey with you all here at Gateway South. I came to faith my freshman year of college. And after that, you know, I loved God and I knew God loved me and I knew God forgave me for my sins and he died for me. And, and I knew that one day I would go to heaven by God's grace. But this idea of peace, it was never on the forefront of my mind or my understanding of God and of my faith. I mean, somewhere probably in my subconscious, I kind of knew that peace was somehow related to God and associated to God that, yeah, peace, God, okay, God seems like a peaceful dude. But this concept of God's peace never became real to me until this season. And this changed everything for me. I 
I realized that, you know what? God didn't create me to be miserable in this life. Not that I would experience peace in an instant, but I now knew that this was God's will for me here on earth. Therefore, it was attainable. You get what I'm saying? I could seek after it. God helped me to experience this peace during this season and overcome these troubles that I had experienced. And again, we can all overcome our troubles because God intended for us to not be overtaken by our troubles, but to hold on to them or to hold on to God's peace rather. And to let our troubles make us stronger. When facing a troubled heart, inner soul, what part of you gets attacked? Is it your marriage, your dreams, your hopes, your past failures, your demons? <laughs> troubles are going to be unavoidable. But the beauty and the good news is that we can still experience Jesus's peace in the midst of these trials. And not only do troubles not have to overtake our lives, but fear doesn't have to rule our lives either. Jesus said this, do not be afraid or do not worry. Similarly, Matthew 6, verse 27 Jesus asks, can all of your worries add a single moment to your life? This passage, the context of it is Jesus is talking about worrying about money, future possessions, but the application is still the same. I mean, at the end of the day, what is our worrying gonna do? Besides make us lose sleep, hair, and money, right? In January of 2018, Cambridge University Press released an update on a study that was done on mental health and life expectancy. Nine years into the study, it was clear that chronic worrying and depression and anxiety were interconnected and linked to increased mortality rates among these groups of people. That statement alone is causing some of y'all to anxiety. You're like, man, now I have to worry about dying because I'm worried about dying. But I don't say this to make you feel shame, rather to inspire us to know that yes, fear and worry are gonna happen. That's normal. God lets us experience these feelings, but they can inform our lives. We can process our fear. We can pay attention to it. We can take action steps to face our fears, but we don't have to be ruled by our fears. Jesus is greater than our fears and Jesus doesn't want us to be overcome by our fears and worries. And he came so that we wouldn't be overcome by our fears and worries. You see, Jesus knew that this world was a broken world and that we were going to experience worry and troubles and fear and anxiety in this life. But Jesus became one of us. He experienced all that we experienced. 
And then he died for us so that we wouldn't have to be overtaken by our troubles, by our worries, or by our fears. He overcame death and was raised to life so that we could have a new life in him, one that wasn't dictated by fear or troubles, but one in which we could have his peace. Colossians 1.20 says that God's will was to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. And even in life's difficulties and uncertainty, we can still experience Jesus's peace. How? By knowing that Jesus was who he says he was, like the disciples had figured out. That knowing that Jesus died, that he overcame death, and that he gave us the victory. And today, right at this moment, he sits on his throne. And that he is God, he is the Messiah, and he is in control of this world and in control of our lives. Even in challenges and uncertainty, we can still say, you know what? What I'm going through right now, this is really hard. I'm not going to lie. There's no getting around it. This is tough. And I don't know what's going to happen in this situation. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. I don't know what's going to happen in the future. I don't know how this is all going to pan out. But you know what I do know? That God sent his son to die for me because of how much he loves me. And if God would do that for me, if God would go that far because he loves me, God's not gonna abandon me. He's not gonna forsake me. He's gonna take care of me. He's gonna see me through this. God is committed to you, his bride. We can experience peace in this life. And this isn't a peace that we have to muster up on our own strength. Peace is not a fruit that we produce, it's a fruit that we bear by abiding in Jesus every single day of our lives. And we always have access to this peace. How? Because Jesus lives inside of us. God is so good that he created us so that we could experience his peace here on this earth. So we could experience wholeness. God wants to make you whole. That's his business. Restoration, redemption. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not be afraid. I give you peace. I offer you peace. It's yours. It's your birthright. Take it. Take as much as you need. I'd like to pray for us in a bit, but before I do that and before the band closes us out with a song, I'd like to do something a little bit different today and I want to ask you to close your eyes for a bit.
There are some of you here today who maybe are hearing this and you're saying to yourself, man, I didn't know God offers us peace. I want that peace. My life is a mess right now. I feel everything but peace. How do I get that? Well, first you need to know, like you heard earlier from Aaron, that peace is not a feeling, it's a person. And if you've never experienced Jesus' peace, and you've never invited Jesus into your life, you can do that right now. You don't have to wait. You can start experiencing the peace that Jesus promises us today just by saying in your heart, Jesus, I want your peace. I invite you into my heart and into my life. Some of you right now are coming in here with a heavy heart. You're going through something incredibly challenging. I don't know what that is, but God does. And I think God wants you to know right in this moment that I see you. I'm with you. You're not alone. I'm here for you. And in this moment, I want to encourage you to tell God what you need. Go ahead, tell God what you need. Jesus, thank you that you are a God of peace and that you called us to experience peace in this life. It doesn't mean life's going to be easy doesn't mean life's going to be free of troubles. But even as we live in this broken world, we can still experience your peace knowing that you are who you said you were, that you were God, and that you love us so much that you were willing to give up your own life, shed your blood for us so that you could be with us forever. That's how much you love us. Thank you that you died so that we could have your peace. And I just pray for every single heart and soul in this room. God, it's it's so hard to experience peace sometimes. It's elusive, especially in this this season, God, goodness gracious. But God, you promise us that your peace is always available because you are peace. And you say, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. Put all of your burdens on me. Put all of your worries and troubles on my palate. Let me take it. Let me take it for you. let me give you rest. Thank you, God, that you are so good. Help us to experience more of your peace. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.